What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Draft Not Podcast. I am your co-host, Devin Jackson. I will not be joined by Jared Feinberg today. He is swamped with homework and uh, some other things, so uh, I will be going solo today. But first of all, I hope you guys are, are having a great day. Um, it is Thursday afternoon when I'm recording this, so uh, if you listen to this Friday morning or Friday afternoon, I hope you uh, have a fantastic weekend and thank you for stopping in and, and listen to this podcast. So on the docket today, uh, like I said, I am alone today. So what I plan on doing today is briefly going through the uh, championship matchups in the NFL. Uh, you got the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Buffalo Bills and then the Green Bay Packers taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in uh, the AFC and NFC championship games. So I'll briefly talk about that, uh, make the picks for both me and Jared. Jared sent over uh, his picks for uh, who will win those games. So uh, let's go ahead and get started with that. And then a little bit later, I am going to do a little senior bowl preview. It is uh, less than uh, a week out from the senior bowl. It starts on Monday and I am super excited for it. All of us are blue chip scouting are super excited to be able to cover another senior bowl. You know, uh, last year I didn't get to go. So I'm very, very excited to uh, cover it virtually, even though I won't be there physically, but got a lot in store and coverage and, and can't wait to share with you guys. But first things first, we're going to talk about the championship game preview. Now we're going to start on the NFC side of things. Uh, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are playing some of the best football that anyone is playing at, at this point in the season. They'll be taking on the Green Bay Packers who are coming off a, a big time win over the Rams to beat them 32 to 18. This is the first NFC championship game that Aaron Rodgers has hosted at Lambeau Field as a Big, big storyline. We know how cold it gets in Green Bay. Tampa, they are used to the warm. They played in a dome against the uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, last week. And then the week before, uh, they took on the Washington football team uh, at, you know, at NDC. So, you know, they aren't really used to this type of cold weather, but when it comes to Tom Brady, obviously he played in Foxborough for a number of years and that was a, a tough environment to play in, but he still got it done and, and still went to, obviously uh, he's looking for his uh, 10th, I believe 10th Super Bowl appearance, uh, actually 11th, excuse me. Um, but looking forward to, to this matchup, you know, obviously the big matchup is going to be uh, Brady versus Rodgers, and rightfully so. The two of the best quarterbacks to ever touch the football, and, you know, it's the first time these two get to match up in the playoffs. You know, we saw Drew Brees, Tom Brady uh, last week. Obviously, it didn't live up to the hype because Drew Brees is pretty much all but finished, and we found out from his wife that he played with not only uh, the messed up ribs, the 11 ribs that he he messed up uh, earlier this season, but also a torn rotate, rotator cuff. So just adding some context to that, but back to the task at hand, you got um, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, but the big thing for me it, watching this matchup, I want to see if Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers can handle the bliss package packages that the Bucks brought last time when these two teams matched up. Uh, ben Fennell, uh on uh, draft Twitter and uh, on NFL Twitter as well, he made a good point that, 
you know, the Packers really couldn't handle the pass rush uh, of the Buccaneers uh, last time they, they met in uh, dating back to the last time they did meet this season. Uh, the Buccaneers uh, put uh, a nice, a nice spanking on them. They, they beat them 38 to 10, a game where Green Bay went out 10, went up 10, nothing looked like they were going to roll in this one, but Tampa Bay stormed back and, absolutely dominated the second half of the game and really starting in that second quarter. So for me, you know, it's going to be the matchup on not only that, but can green Bay effectively run the ball uh, against Tampa's defense? They did a nice job stopping the saints running game last week and the Washington football team before that. So it's going to be on Aaron Rodgers to make those uh, human like plays, but also exploiting mismatches. You know, the running backs for Green Bay are going to be super important in this matchup. You know, Aaron Jones obviously has played really well this season. A.J. Dillon has been a surprise, um, you know, uh, kind of a surprise storyline in terms of he's he's finding some early success with the Packers. So they're going to exploit that matchup. You know, uh, if if there's one thing that um, you can exploit it is the, the running back linebacker matchups. Now you got to be careful. Devin white and Levante David are both extremely good football players, probably all, all pro football players uh, perennially, uh, but it's going to come down to that. And then do the bucks have an answer for Devonte Devonte Adams, excuse me, not Devonte Smith. So used to saying his name uh, with covering Alabama football, but uh are they going to have answers for Devontae, uh, Devontae Adams? Again, I was about to make that mistake. I don't think they do, uh, which is why I'm picking the Packers to win this game. Uh, I really think that the it's going to be a really good game. And I think the Packers are just built to win. You know, they've gone through the heartbreak last year. They got dominated by 40, the 49ers both times they met up. But I think this is a di- different situation. I think uh, Jair Alexander is playing some of the best football of any cornerback in the NFL. And he'll be matched up with likely Mike Evans. And I think he'll erase him from the game. And really the the Packers secondary is solid. You know, they don't really have too many weaknesses. And if Zadarius Smith and um, Preston, Preston Smith, they both get back uh, in pressure Brady. I think this game could uh, very well go in the Packers win. I think it will. So I got I got the Packers winning uh, in this one, and and I think it's it's going to be a big game. And whatever Super Bowl matchup we get, man, um, you know it, it's going to be you know something special. You know whether it's uh, Brady, Mahomes, Rogers, Mahomes, Rogers, Allen, Brady, Allen. You're going to get pretty much the old school quarterbacks versus the new school quarterbacks where, you know, Mahomes and um, Allen are playing some of the best football as well. And obviously it's likely that Aaron Rodgers will win the MVP, but man, Josh Allen had an MVP season as well. You know, Patrick Mahomes did his thing. Tom Brady did his thing. So I wouldn't be surprised uh, with any of these matchups, but I got the Packers. Uh, going on to win this one, and uh, they will be in the Super Bowl uh, for the first time, I believe, since 2011, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, for Jared, he picked the Packers as well to win this game, so uh, we're both in accord on that one. Now, the other game. This other game, man, uh, it could go either of two ways. You know, either one, 
this game could be go down to the last second and, and completely uh, shock us all, or it could very well get out of hand. You know, Kansas City has really not played their best football down the stretch. You know, they, they haven't played pretty much, you know, they haven't played well really since the New Orleans Saints game. You know, even against the Falcons, they struggled to pull away. They didn't play any stars against the Chargers, but, you know, you know how that game went. They went up 19-7 to last week against the, uh, the Cleveland Browns, and, you know, the Browns were able to come, excuse me, 19-3. to but, you know, obviously with the, the injury of Patrick Mahomes, as well as uh, the Browns really playing good football in that second half, you know, uh, they barely escaped Kansas uh, against the, the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, that's no disrespect to the Browns. They played an absolute fantastic season, probably as good as you can get. But you got you to have some uh, reservations with the Chiefs because, like I said, they haven't played their best ball really since uh, the, that Saints game. And then they have Mahomes possibly coming back, but we don't know for sure yet. Um, he was a full participant yesterday in the Chiefs practice, but you don't know exactly what his game status is right now and, and how healthy is he going to look. You know, if he takes another hit, will it, you know, the symptoms come back of a concussion? So you have to be worried about that as a Chiefs fan as an, and as a Chiefs staff member. But uh, ultimately, it's going to come down to can the Buffalo defense contain Kansas City? And, you know, I worry about that a little bit because the first time these two teams met, it didn't exactly go, uh, you know, in in favor of Buffalo. You know, they had a tough time getting things going in a game against um, the Chiefs. And, and obviously they hung around and, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs were basically able to, to stave, stave them off at the end. Um, but, you know, they, they did go up, you know, 10-7 uh, early in the second quarter and held a lead for quite a bit. But really in the second half, they couldn't get anything going. They didn't score until six minutes left in the fourth quarter when they were trailing 23-10. to so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I think the Bills are a much different team. Josh Allen didn't have a great game in that one, and really it was only the the sixth game of the season. But now he's playing on a completely new level. I know he didn't look the best against the Ravens last week, but his ability to make plays outside the structure and, you know, have that special connection with Stephon Diggs, I think it will be important to uh, to note as well. So uh, ultimately, I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills to win against the Kansas City Chiefs. You never should bet against Patrick Mahomes, but I just don't know how healthy he is. And and even at 90 percent, he's probably better than most of the league. But I worry about that. And I, I really think that Buffalo is a team of destiny this year. You know, they've had things bounce their way. Um, you know, obviously had the pick six against Baltimore when they were driving and, and looking to cut down the lead. And, you know, against the Colts, they were able to make a stand on that last drive. So I think this team is built to win. It may be a year early for them. They may be overachieving right now, but I, I really like the Buffalo Bills. And and really, they, they've become the team that I want to root for. You know, I, I want to see somebody different you know, in, in this, in the Super Bowl ultimately, 
And, you know, you get tired of seeing, you know, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Now we're starting to get that fatigue already with Mahomes and the Chiefs. You know, they already reached their third straight, uh, you know, third straight <clears throat> AFC championship game. And if they win on Sunday, they would advance to their second straight Super Bowl, uh, which, you know, I, I totally get They're They're a supremely talented team. And, you know, the thing I worry about with the pick I'm making is that Tyron Matthews going to be the X factor. Also, uh, Legereus Sneed. Those two guys in the secondary have been phenomenal for the Chiefs this year. But ultimately, I think it's going to come down to who is going to make plays later in the game. And, you know, I trust Josh Allen to to make some plays to Stephon Dayskim in, in field goal range and, you know, win it by a field goal. I think it's going to be a an epic AFC championship game and, you know, it's going to be one for the books. So I can't wait for championship weekend. Uh, Jared picked the Chiefs in that one. So uh, I got the Packers bills in the Super Bowl and he gets the Chiefs and Packers. We'll see what happens and we'll review at some point next week. Now moving into a topic that I've been super excited for. Uh, we have the Reese's 2021 Senior Bowl coming up next week and I honestly cannot wait to see what happens. And, you know, it is ultimately I'm I'm super excited because for me, I want to see this offensive line group because I'll be covering them, me and me and my guy, Mike Hernishan, uh over on Blue Chip Scouting. And we also do a, a podcast as well, um, the Big Shots podcast. So now getting to the senior bowl, uh, as I am pulling up the roster, I will be covering, I will be covering the Carolina Panthers American roster, uh, for the offensive line. And it had, it features an incredible group of linemen. Uh, a lot of them are, are probably going to be guards at the next level, or at least, uh, maybe, suited to do so we have a few centers in a group so uh, i'll go ahead and get started and let y'all know which players you really need to take a look at beforehand and what you'll hear probably a lot about so first off um probably my favorite person from this group jack anderson the offensive guard out of texas tech i watched him last night to kind of get a refresher of his game and what you see is he is extremely powerful uh, he's someone that, you know, in pass protection, if there's only a three-man rush, he's pushing dudes all the way across to the, uh, to the left tackle, and he plays right guard. What you also see is someone that's able to to move out on the perimeter and, and pick up linebackers and, and safeties uh, at the second and third levels, you know, on those screens, you know, those throwback and tunnel screens. He's, he's uh, oftentimes leading the pack in terms of blocking for his man and, and getting downfield. I mean, those type of movement skills are, are covered at the next level. He's not going to be someone that's going to be an early round guy. I really think he's going to be a, a third, fourth rounder, but a big week could solidify him as a third rounder potentially. And, you know, teams start to go after those guards, especially in the, the third, fourth, and fifth rounds. Those is where you get your, your value picks in terms of guards. My guy, Tyler Fornis, you know, we always talk about, guard value and he wouldn't take a guard you know at 14 and that's obviously a big need for the Vikings but 
you can find somebody like Jack Anderson in round three, round four. I think you'll be very happy because he's a plug and play starter. He's someone that you can immediately put in and get uh, a ton, a ton of uh, production from. And, you know, some some things I worry about with him, you know, he does get overextended at times uh, trying to handle longer, uh, longer arm defensive linemen. Also, uh, sometimes he, he struggles with some bendier uh, pass rushers, but when he gets his hands on you, uh, you're not going anywhere. So he's the first guy that I'm looking forward to to watching, and I think he'll have a big, big week down in Mobile. Next one, David Moore from Grambling State. Now, I've talked a lot about him since the summer. He is also a guard, but he is extremely powerful. Uh, he's someone that is very raw as a prospect still. Uh, kind of reminds me the way he throws people kind kind of reminds me of Makai Becton. He's not the same player as Makai Becton. So uh, before people jump on me about that, but I think he can truly, truly be someone that, um, you know, kind of comes out of nowhere. And, you know, obviously him coming from HBCU, I think that also adds another element because we've seen a lot more players from the HBCU and, and, you know, those conferences get a lot more attention over the years. You know, Tyreek Cohen, obviously, is a name. Teron Armstead is another name. So those are a couple of guys that, you know, have recently come out uh, in within the last four or five years that have made a, a big impact in the NFL. And I feel like David Moore can follow suit and do something similar to that. So I'm excited to have him. Uh, excited to see him down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I'm looking to potentially interview him, so hopefully I'm able to do that and, and talk more about his game and what he brings to the table. So uh, excited about him, excited about what he brings to the table, and definitely someone that uh, you should, should take a note for. Another player, uh, senior Drake Jackson from Kentucky. I like him a lot. Uh, he He's a center, you know, and uh, in, in really – in this class, in this 2021 class, there's not a whole lot of centers that, you know, you would take in within the first three, four rounds, but he's definitely on the short list. You know, he is intelligent. Uh, he's someone that cerebral can uh, help clean up messes, especially with his two guards. And he's just a flat out uh, nasty uh, grinder, you know, in the trenches. He's someone that plays through the whistle. You know, he's, he's going to get you on the ground no matter what he can do. And he's going to pancake you. And simply his mentality, uh, Kentucky really played with an edge as an offensive line unit. And it's extremely exciting uh, to, to watch that offensive line play because they got a couple guys that will get drafted easily. Uh, Darian Kennard next year, Drake Jackson this year, Landon Young this year. So those are just a couple of guys that can can really make a big impact down in you know, uh, in the NFL because they are a well-coached offensive line. Uh, they're that group really is dominant, and you gotta love to you love what you see from Drake Jackson. I actually did a breakdown piece back in October on Drake Jackson and him solidifying a late day two grade on on him, and I still stand by that. I think he's probably a, a mid to late third rounder, uh, depending on the fit, but. I would take him as as one of the probably the the three four five uh, top centers in uh, this twenty twenty one draft class. Obviously, you got guys. Uh, you got Creed Humphrey's going to be in the mix and and a few other players. But with Drake Jackson, he he deserves that respect, and and I think he certainly will play well. 
Another player that I, I really like when I watched him, Royce Newman. He is a massive human being. Uh, pulling up his measurables now, uh, Royce Newman is someone you, you got to keep an eye out. He's 6'6", 311 pounds. Uh, that's at least according to what Ole Miss listed him as. And he plays big. You know, he, he's a guy that when he gets under you and, and gets his pads moving, he's going to uh, move you far. You know, he had some big plays against a big cat Bryant earlier this season against Auburn. Um, he had a nice play against Christian Barmore, who will be probably the first inside defense alignment taken uh, in the 2021 draft. So what he brings to the table is, is someone that's a mover in the run game. Um, he helps a lot on those double teams. He helps bury his man on double teams. Uh, he can get to the second level at times, but is a little bit inconsistent. Uh, but generally speaking, he does a pretty good job in, in pass protection as well. But, you know, struggles against the bendier pass rushers against those guys with the quick first step. You know, he lets them get into their body uh, too quick, but he is able to overcompensate because he has those long arms. He's strong. He's someone that can counter, you know, uh, also against Barmore. He had multiple counters against him. So he's someone that you want to uh, see not only play a tackle, but see what he does at guard as well. Probably I'll see, probably see him down in mobile, probably playing both positions. I think he can be the kind of tweener guy where he plays both because I, I just don't know if he has enough foot speed to necessarily play right tackle at the next level, but I wouldn't be surprised if he surprised folks and, and actually played well at right tackle and, and at guard, you know, he's, he's someone that, you know, played uh, both positions while he was in college. Um, you know, he, he played a, a ton of snaps at right tackle this season. <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, he played over 800 snaps at right tackle. And then um, at guard, as I am pulling this up now, he played uh, 700 snaps at left guard in 2019. So he brings both experience to both positions. You know, he's not someone that is just going to be you know, just talked about as a tackle, you also play guard, which uh, I love. I love when guys can play both positions. That just shows a versatility and whatever you need. You know, he's kind of that Swiss Army knife. I don't think he'll be able to play center. He's six six. It's, it's pretty big for a center, but having that versatility playing on both on the left and right sides of the line is definitely a, a big time thing. So I love what I see from him on film. You know, he, from Ole Miss, you know, he, he moves people and he's definitely going to be someone that, you know, has, has a big week, I think. You know, and obviously I'm not going to say everyone has going to have a big week, but I think a lot of people don't know his name just yet. But he's someone that I would definitely, definitely like to see probably on day three and, uh, you know, be one of those guys that he doesn't necessarily get that first, second or third round pick but he could very well be someone on someone starting offensive line in 2021. Now, moving right along, uh, some of the other guys on the list, uh, Alex Leatherwood, he is probably one of the better offensive linemen in this class uh, and in this uh, senior bowl as well. And I think, you know, he's, he's pretty split on who people think is going to go where, uh, in, in terms of where what positions are going to play, you know, at the next level, uh, he played left tackle for Alabama this season. 
and did a pretty solid job. Um, him and both Deontay Brown on that left side of the line for Alabama were were pretty dominant at times. Uh, and Deontay Brown's a player I'm going to talk about in just a second. But Alex Leatherwood, man, he he checks all the boxes. You know, he, he's someone that you know can can handle some of the 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 bendier pass rushers at times, and and definitely someone that's solid in the run game. I think he just is better suited as guard. You know, Aziz Ojalari, uh, the Georgia edge rusher, had a field day against him. And, you know, with, with those guys that bend those corners, man, it, it's tough. And you got to be freaky athletic to deal with that. And I think Alex Leather was certainly uh, athletic and someone that is a good enough athlete to play a left tackle position. But, you know, really in the league, it's become a premium that that left tackle position, whoever you have, is someone that can move and can handle, you know, those bendy pass rushers because the league is getting more and more and more athletic as the years go along. So I think it, he he should be careful um, in, in terms of, you know, uh, handling some of those bendy pass rushers because we got Shaka Tony is going to be there uh, at – um at the senior bowl and he has a, a tremendous first step. So I'm, I'm very excited to see that potential matchup, but man, you know, you gotta be excited to see uh, Alex Leatherwood. I think he can help himself by having a good week. Now I'm going to move to Trey Smith and then get to then finish off with Deontay Brown. Trey Smith, excellent run blocker. Someone that early on in the season, people were talking about as a potential first round pick. I don't think he's going to be, uh, first round pick, he's probably gonna be a late second, early third round pick. Um, but he's someone that's a mover. He's gonna move you. You know, uh, someone that's gonna pancake you. He he has a tremendous drive and and you know initial punches there. You know he has it all all that you look for in a guard. I worry about times he gets overextended in the passing game. Uh, someone that you know can be inconsistent from a down to down basis, but. You know, generally speaking, I think he's going to be a much better pro than, even than when he was at the college level. You know, Tennessee really had a struggle kind of with their culture and everything uh, over the last couple of seasons. Jeremy Pruitt just got the boot. So I think, you know, Trace getting away from that program and, and showing some of his true skills down in Mobile. I think I would be surprised if people didn't come away talking about how powerful and dominant he is. And then finally, I'll leave off with Deontay Brown. The man is massive. He's 350 pounds. You probably see him on your Twitter timeline. Uh, you know, I, I think Field Yates and um, a few other NFL uh, insiders and, and, and writers have posted pictures of him. He's massive. Uh, you know, early in his career, he had some concerns in, in terms of, you know, conditioning. Uh, that was a, a big issue for him. Um, but he is certainly, you know, turned the corner in, in terms of, being able to deal with that. I think, you know, he's a, a much better in shape player now. Uh, and I think he still will probably lose some more weight, uh, but he, he's an imposing player, you know, uh, he, you're not going to be able to go through him. You know, he plays with great play strength and, you know, um, he's someone that, you know, has some movement ability. You know, he, he definitely, um, you know, has a ton of experience playing left guard and right guard. He played five games at left guard in 2018, made eight starts at right guard in 2019, and then played 
uh, right guard in 2020 as well. So I think he will be, you know, one of those prospects that, you know, he's he's a mover. You know, he he generates good push in the pat the run game. Um, but you know, you really gotta worry about, you know, his his base and, and continuing to um you know, when he, he gets to the second level, he got he has to hold on to those blocks. So I think, you know, he's going to be someone that, you know, probably needs to uh like I said, lose some more weights, lose some more weight, but I think it will be very interesting to see uh, how he fares down at the senior bowl and, and and people can win against him. You know, I think he has shown that he can be dominant, but I need to see that consistency on a down to down basis. And I think we'll be able to do so once we down, once he's down in mobile. So definitely excited about that, but yeah, that, that's pretty much kind of the, the, my thoughts on on that on the offensive line side that I have. There's also some other guys, Ben Cleveland, Alaric Jackson. Uh, both of those guys are are pretty good as well. Um, you know, Alaric Jackson bounced back and had a, a a pretty good 2020 after struggling in 2019 after returning with his knee injury. And then Ben Cleveland has just been a stalwart for the Georgia offensive line over the last couple of seasons. Have not gotten a look to have not gotten a chance to look at Jalen Moore from Western Michigan, but I will do so definitely before the weekend is out. But that's kind of the general consensus on on the team. You know, this is a, a national American team uh, for the Carolina Panthers that will feature guys like Jamie Newman, Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, and that's probably the best quarterback group of the two groups for sure. And then obviously they got one of my favorites, Elijah Mitchell at running back um, and Kylan Hill, you know, really that this running back group for, for the American squad is very talented. Larry Roundtree, Kylan Hill, Chris Evans, Elijah Mitchell. They're all probably later round backs, but uh, Kylan Hills is definitely an interesting one because he had a dominant 2019. He looked like one of the best running backs, probably top three or top four, but, this year at Mississippi State with the air raid, it just completely uh, derailed the hype around him. But he has a chance to kind of recover some of that hype. So uh, I'm excited to see that. And then the tight end class on this American team as well. Quentin Morris is somebody to watch. He played for Bowling Green, but didn't doesn't necessarily have the stats you covered. So if you're going to, to box score, scout him, it'll be in your best interest not to because – he brings so much more to the table than what shows on on that box score for Bowling Green. So I think he could have probably the biggest week of the tight ends in, in this group. Colin Granson is also someone to watch, but he's more of an H-back tight, probably not a true tight end. So uh, we'll see what happens with him. And then the receiver group, we got Kadarius, Tony, uh, She Smith, as well as Amari Rogers, three of the faster players all on the same team. Cornell Powell, Powell as well. He's done really, really good this year. Josh, Josh Palmer, another guy from Tennessee. Uh, he played really well. Austin Watkins, one of my guys. Uh, I think he can have a huge, huge week. Uh, he's already someone that has an NFL frame. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if teams value him as an X receiver or more of a slot receiver. He has the versatility to do both. So that'll be interesting to see. And then just looking at the roster in general, man, uh, you got to give credit to Jim Nagy. He just announced two more guys uh, this morning, uh, two guys that drafted or 
draft Twitter is uh, pretty split on, but uh, they, they bring excellent, excellent tape to the table. Sage Charette from Wake Forest. Uh, he's no more of a, a jump ball specialist, especially, uh, you know, playing Wake Forest in 2019, but he does a little bit of everything. He has a solid route tree, uh, someone that can create separation. I think a, a big week for him will kind of recover some of his stock uh, that I think he's lost. And then uh, another another player, uh, you got linebacker. Um, I don't know why his name is escaping me. Uh, linebacker Chaz Surratt from North Carolina. They're both brothers, and they will both enter the senior bowl game. But, uh, you know, Sage just probably has a higher upside in terms of draftability. Uh, he's a former quarterback that's playing linebacker, and he has phenomenal instincts. Uh, someone that is naturally, if you look at him as a player, he he checks all the boxes in terms of tools. You know, he has the ability to sideline, sideline, ha- has some uh, pretty good snaps and coverage. Uh, he does a little bit of everything. And I think this process is going to be important for him. And you can potentially see either the the Panthers or um, the Miami Dolphins take him probably second, third round because he's going to be that good and. And, and probably uh, linebacker four or five in, in this draft cycle uh, for most for most people. You know, obviously you got Micah Parsons, Nick Bolton is a mix. Uh, Jeremiah Wusikoromora, who some people label as a safety, some people label as a linebacker. Uh, then you got Zaven Collins as well, uh, Dylan Moses, and now you got Chaz Surratt. So, I'm excited to see them. And then a few more players that I'm excited to see uh, this weekend or next week, James Wiggins from Cincinnati. I think he can, him at safety uh, he show, he can showcase he's a little bit more than a box safety uh, and mobile. Um, but I'm excited about him. Also excited about Tyree Gillis, Gillespie. Uh, I think he probably is one of the better safeties, if not, the best safety in, in this, um, in the senior bowl, you know, he's someone that, you know, has some really good reps, uh, has great range, uh, great coverage ability, has some good reps against Kyle Pitts. So I'm excited to see him. Uh, another guy that's kind of flying under the radar, Brian Mills from North Carolina central, another HBCU product. I think, you know, he has a length and an ideal size you want. Uh, I'm not sure exactly if he has a speed uh, to match some of these receivers uh, and we'll see that on one-on-ones, but he has a length for days, you know, so maybe he could be coveted as, you know, kind of a, a second or third corner on the roster as well as uh, maybe they try him out safety and see how he does there. But I'm excited to see uh, Mills. I think he's, you know, someone that, you know, has flown really under the radar and, and not talked too, too much about, but I think he can make a big, big impact, uh, you know, come, Come in, come Monday and and throughout the week. A few more players I want to bring people's attention to. Uh, obviously, Ifeitu Melafon Fonmu from Syracuse. He's going to be a big name to to watch as well. A lot of people in draft Twitter seem to like him. Jonathan Cooper, uh, defensive lineman from Ohio State. He's uh, someone that's had a pretty solid career for Ohio State. Shows some ability as a pass rusher. Uh, some upside as well. Uh, we'll see what positions he plays because he's not listed as a defensive end, even though he played defensive end uh, for the Buckeyes. But maybe he's a, as a three tech. He, he could be effective. So I expect him to go one on ones with some guards throughout the week as well. 
Osa o Osa Odigizua, someone else I like from UCLA. Uh, only around 285, 290, a little undersized for a defensive lineman, but he plays with with great speed and and uses his hands hands well. So I think he he can have a big week for uh, in in Mobile for the Senior Bowl and, and someone that uh, I hope to interview as well. Edge players now, Janarius uh, Robinson. Uh, not a lot has been made about him really uh, throughout this process. He played for Florida State, but he is long as hell. Uh, he can can really cause some issues for um, you know tackles, and and he has a quick first step. You know, he, and he plays violent. You know, he had a couple hits this season. Uh, one in particular against Javante Williams, where he absolutely rocked him. So I, I'm excited to see him. I think. He can uh, make some some noise as well. Uh, and then a few more players that I'm, I'm going to highlight here. Um, obviously, the the two 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 uh, division one. Division double A uh, players that I that I want to highlight real quick, Dylan Randuns and Spencer Brown. Uh, Spencer Brown's massive, 6'10", uh, absolutely humongous. Uh, human being i think he can have a big week as well as randuns um and then finally i'm gonna finish off with a, a couple of running backs and receivers Demetric felton from ucla really like his game uh kind of reminds me a little bit of antonio gibson but uh excited for his game khalil herbert can also make some noise down at, at mobile he's someone that had a fantastic senior season for virginia tech and in, in really transferring from Kansas. He, he emerges one of the, the probably a top 10 back in this class. Then finally, uh, I'm going to finish off with uh, receiver Desmond Fitzpatrick. In this receiver class, obviously they got some big names like uh, Kadarius Tony and Amari Rogers and, and, and names like that. But Des Fitzpatrick simply played good football at Louisville, you know, kind of went under the radar. Obviously a lot of people talk about Tutu Atwell, but he has size. He's 6'4", uh, someone that can create some separation, has some speed downfield, uh, can make those contested catches. So uh, I expect them to have a big week as well. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the DraftNet podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. Uh, you can follow my guy, Jared Feinberg, on Twitter and follow some of the great work he does at J-Rod Draft Scout. You can follow all of our work at Blue Chip Scout on Twitter, as well as bluechipscouting.com. Like I said, we have a, a great, great plan to uh, cover a ton of, of players and, and cover the senior ball in pretty much every position by position. So uh, make sure you follow us and, and watch what we do down the, not down at the senior ball, but covering the senior ball. We'll have you updated with the, the latest clips, you know, latest who's doing well, who's not doing so hot, and, and whatever you need for the senior ball. So, Looking forward to great coverage there, and and uh, we'll definitely be back at some point next week. I uh, don't know if it's going to be early or later in the week, but we'll see. But uh, you guys enjoy the weekend, enjoy NFL football, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. See ya.